Hello, and welcome to Introducing Me. I'm your host, Sarah. I started this podcast to get to know other people and lifestyles while discovering more about myself. Each episode, I will give a new guest a chance to discuss their background, culture, interests, or whatever they want to talk about to help increase all of our own worldviews. Today, I would like to introduce you to Anne. She has alopecia, and at first, she started hiding through her changes that she was going through, but now she's empowered and is helping others who have the same condition. So there's so much that Anne has gone through, and she's got a lot to share today, so I'm grateful for her to be here. She also lives in Finland, so we were chatting a little bit about geography and culture before we hit record, so I'm very happy to have Anne here today. Thank you so much, Anne. Why don't you go ahead and tell the audience more about you and your story? Oh, thank you, Sarah. So uh, lovely for you to have me here. Um, um, I can't wait to share a bit more about my my story. Such a lovely intro. Thank you. Um, I was actually I'm I'm from Finland. I was born and raised in in a small town um, here in southern Finland, which is in northern Europe. Um, I've always been curious about the world. I've always um, been so eager to to see the world. So um, when I was 19, um, I I leave my left my small town. This was like 25 years ago, um, and moved to Paris. Uh, lived there for a couple of years and worked as an au pair. Um, and then a few years later. Um, Returned to Finland to 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 studying and then was ready to to um, to explore the world again and I moved to England and um, at the age of twenty five when I moved to England um, a year later I actually started losing my hair um, and it was due to uh, alopecia and um, yeah it's um, it's been a tough journey of almost 20 years um and um and uh yes and i think the the hardest bit has been the fact that i've been hiding for such a long such a long time and now within past like past couple of years um i've been doing the work and and now i'm in a in a place which is such a beautiful place where i can i can openly share my story and um help others who are struggling with alopecia Yeah. So definitely you've had, you know, an adventurous young adulthood, um, into kind of then this bit of hiding with changes in your life going on. Do you want to start just a little bit about culture and, you know, these different places you lived, what it was like being an au pair, and then we'll kind of get into what it was like when you first started losing your hair. Yeah. Um, I think, um, since I was, uh, since I was a young child, I always I was so curious about different cultures, and because I lived in such a small town, there was not a lot happening. So as soon as I could, um, I wanted to adventure out, and the only option was because you know um, I come from a working class family, so we didn't have any money. I'd never been a, I'd never been a, abroad before I was nineteen. Um, so um, I decided, and when I think about it, I don't recall like why why did I decide on Paris I'd I'd been um, um, studying English language like for 10 11 years but French only two years and I thought okay let's hit let's go to France um, and what I've noticed uh, noticed since then like 
when you look back, I always love to double challenge myself. If I challenge myself, I like to kind of double it. So I think this was my mindset back then already. So, okay, let's go to Paris. Didn't know anything. It was, um, yeah, it was 97. So there was no social media. There was like nothing, internet or nothing. So you just kind of head to this big city and hope for the best. Um, and yeah, it was a huge adventure, lots of um, fun stuff, but lots of challenges as well. Um, but I learned a lot and it was like the first kind of growth spurs, do you say spurs, <laughs> um, in my life. Um, and then I came back to Finland, did my degree and, and then I was kind of ready. Okay. I've been in Finland for oh, four years now. It's, uh, I'm ready to, to explore again. So, um, yeah, I moved to England with one suitcase and I'm, I'm quite sure I only had 200 euros, <laughs> And uh, I actually, um, I was um, dating this this guy that I met here um, in Finland, British guy, and we then kind of returned together. So lived in with his mom, like for six months and so on. And then I started like, we started building our life there from scratch, like had no jobs, nothing. Um, so huge challenge. And this is where I can see that um, even if I'm, I'm, I'm always been so eager to, take on challenges and um, and start fresh and really go jump into the deep end. And maybe my body um, has not always kind of been with me because um, after a year I moved into England, of course, the stress of everything, new culture, no friends. I've always been so independent uh, and suddenly I had to depend on somebody. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have a home. I didn't have a job. Um, I think the stress that was, you know, too much. And then we also like kind of um, uh, broke up like a year later. So, so when I, when I moved in and so that's when, when my alopecia started Um, I started losing my hair um, and the most painful part was that because it was your hair um, I went to see a doctor and, um, and the doctor was just kind of, um, I'm just trying to figure out the word kind of like, um, belittling is it belittling like the problem and um, I was panicking because I was uh, having massive ball patch patches already then and I was really panicking that I didn't have control over my body and um, and I I felt so help, helpless about it um, and then the doctor was really belittling it saying that um, it's kind of just hair and uh, there's really nothing they can do about it and also he was wondering, like, why haven't you shaved it all off? And there was me, like, just trying to hold on to the last little bits of it because I wasn't ready to let go. Um, and that all went on for four years that I had to kind of um, try everything from uh, Chinese medicine to acupuncture to lotions to scarves, mask masking things like um, makeup stuff that you put on your your scalp and you know just trying to hide it so the hiding started as as soon as uh, it kind of appeared of course I told my, my family over in Finland um and maybe I I think I told my best friend but that's it I didn't tell anybody else I was kind of just trying to figure it out figure it out on my own like I've always done all my life I just have to fix this um and then after four years it got so bad so I had to have my first wig um and that was um yeah it was 
is awful because back then we we're talking about 15 years ago the wigs were quite bad like really bad <laughs> and um and uh, it's quite traumatic to go and and try on your first wig because you have to look at yourself in the mirror and see your hair loss and and come to terms with the fact that okay there's no going back now uh, this is it and then also the fact that now I'm going to wear a wig and um, I and for me I looked even more ill because you know wig cancer you know you just always kind of relate to wig to to something you know the the, the big C you know the the serious C and uh, yeah and I think then again there was a massive turning point for me that I got my first wig my my ex-partner was there with me and then the first time I had to go to work wearing this wig um he said to me in the morning he said don't tell anybody and I was like oh my god like I was I had been hiding for so many years and and I didn't have any options other than just go to work and because I've always been so um you know I wouldn't I wouldn't just stay home and give up. I just have to keep on going, just push through it. Um, and also I realized it's so contradicting that I was so open and honest and friendly and, and I would tell anybody about everything about my life. But then I had this massive thing on my head and I couldn't say anything. And, and that just, that was it, you know, like anxiety, the shame, um, always feeling a less than because I was kind of, I saw myself that people saw me as, as I wasn't capable of doing things because I was ill. And of course, alopecia is, it is a skin illness, skin disease. So it is, you, you lose your, your hair, but it doesn't affect your capabilities of to, to work or, or function. Of course, mentally, it's, it's very hard um, to go through it. But all that time then for the next 16 years, so altogether 20 years, and yeah, I just didn't talk about it. I didn't tell anybody how hard it is, like for me to pretend, pretend that I'm okay and I actually wasn't okay. And I think there's so many of us because we are women and, and especially for women, of course, for men as well, it is tough, but especially for women, because hair is, um, it is such a big part of our identity and talking about a bold woman, it's it's kind of I think those two words together. It's um, it's uh, of course now we're living in a different times, which is great because now we can put those two words together. And this is why I'm talking and sharing my story because it's so important that we can put those two words together. But it's even been so such a long journey for me to come to terms with with my boldness and. Uh, and uh, yeah, and now wanting to wanting to do my bits that nobody would be uh, feeling the way that I did for almost twenty years. Right now, you just talked right there about the baldness. About you know, there is a difference in like if men go bald, it's just kind of like oh, it it just happens. Whereas even when women start graying at a younger age, it's like oh my gosh, what's happening? And you had that male doctor early on say, why don't you just shave it off? So when did you first decide to shave it off? 
Um, it was it was a couple of years after I had my wig. I, I, I was still wearing those little bits of my hair. Like there was only like those patches, few patches. Um, probably on like two, three years into wearing a wig because still when I took my wig off, I still had something left. And I can still remember, and this is quite common that I, when I've been talking to other alopecians, that when I shaved it all off, I saved a little bit into a little box that it would be my like, um, that I would kind of like just to keep it close that I, this was, this was my hair. So I think, yeah, quite often I, I've heard that other people do that as well. So yeah, that's when it was all gone. And of course, then it's, it's the bold image that you can see in the mirror. And I think that was, the, that's the toughest part, but then, you know, it starts to get easier. And so then because it's a skin disease, since it's now shaved off, does that mean like nothing will ever grow back? Um, no, it doesn't mean that. And that's why it's such a so um, unpredictable um, illness because you can have some growth and then you have some hope and then it all goes again. And then you have something else. Like, for example, now um, I have... Um, my eyelashes just came back first, like just one eye on the top, then um, a little bit on the uh, on the uh, the other one, and now, like in the past couple of months, I had my um, lashes um, down below, and that's the most exciting thing for us to have eyelashes because that is the hardest bit to to let go. Um, of course, that totally changes, of course, your features and and and, and um, eyebrows as well but those are quite easy nowadays you can have microblading or eyebrow transfers or something but the eyelashes are are the toughest bit but yeah it comes and goes and nobody knows why yeah definitely to have something that's so unpredictable and so like you know people look in the mirror um it's it's kind of part of life to then to then have that change and for it to be so dramatic um mm -hmm. i think a lot of when people change um you know as you get older as you lose weight like things or gain weight like things are can be gradual that it's like you don't realize and like the people around you might not realize but this is so different that it's like all of a sudden it was happening you didn't know what was happening so now you know you're you've got wigs have improved in the last 20 years which is great um do you find yourself that you're always wearing a wig do you sometimes embrace the bald head yeah um wigs have improved just in the last couple of years it's it's so um, amazing that now we can get access of course celebrities and other people who have more money in the past they've been able to access these really nice uh, nice wigs but only in, in a couple of years this was a massive game changer for me when I um, two years ago when I had this wig and that was the first time when my illness was invisible because it was so realistic and that's when I was ready to talk about my um my uh, alopecia it's kind of get um, taking back that control that not like um, if I meet people they have the control to notice my illness and then I have to figure out like what they're thinking should I tell them how should I tell them what will they think will they feel sorry for me all those kind of thoughts is 
very burdening burdening on on your mental health but now like it was like okay they can't see it and of course this is we don't know do people know this or not because we get so um, fixated about the fact that we just look at people's hair all the time because we we would love to have hair um so do get a little bit uh, a lot paranoid about it i think um the wig um finding your um finding a wig that is is you that is part of you is your identity is so that you can look at you look in the mirror and say okay this is me and i have the control i have the control about when i tell people about my illness because we lots of us we have different challenges in our lives and we have the choice if if we tell you know i have diabetes or i have this or that and they they're not showing like showing up but when you have a skin disease it's so different because whether it's acne or psoriasis or you know something like that because we communi- communicate with our face it's so important to us um how we, how we look um so yeah the wig was a game changer and it's great that we now have access to these and i i'm on a massive mission here in finland because we don't actually have this here yet so i'm on a mission that we're going to get these these here and so what i'm um then how i'm going to be able to help all my my people my alopecians is that i can give them the beauty inside out the beauty you know the mental well-being as well as all the you know the wig eyelashes eyebrow transfers so that you know we can um put together the the face um that we want um which is all you know unique ta- you know all wigs are tailor made and and invisible so that's when you get your your power back and i think this is the combination that is so important for us um especially like now i've only realized that i didn't have a face for 20 years because i didn't want to look in the mirror i you know i kind of i didn't see me because i only saw my bald head or my my bad wig and that's who i was and now you know i have a va- i have a face and now i now i have a voice as well because i never spoke about it so this is what i want to give to everybody so that they would have a face and a voice no more hiding and this is my big mission in this world. <laughs> and so then getting into kind of like the technical, what is the maintenance over a good wig? Yeah, good question. Um, the maintenance, maintenance. Um, it is, um, you, you, sh- you should wash it every um, 10 times you've used it so that you don't have to wash it all the time. Um, but you should have a like a gym wig as well you know when you go to the gym or doing sports so that that's the smelly one and a bit of a uh, you know um, lesser quality one because you know it gets um, very easily uh, damaged and then of course you have the better wig and then you have a wig that is you know you probably already put an order in so that you can you can receive it this is how it's kind of been been working here in Finland because it's takes like four to six months to get a wig um but it's gonna change because i'm gonna change it but um and then because uh, like my wig there's um um there's the uh, real hair wigs and then there's uh, the ones uh, that are 
now I'm trying to think of the English word. Why can't I? Uh, it's not artificial. What is it called? I, I think artificial would be appropriate. Yeah, like a fake, yeah, like yeah. fake hair. Oh, <laughs> no. Anyway, um, with the with the real hair one, um, they last about year, year and a half, um, and you can style them as you would style the normal hair. Um, with the the other one, um, with the other one, um, it's a bit more trickier because they only last um, two to three months, like like good because after like a couple of couple of uses they already stiffen up and if you ever had like a right some kind of a like um wig or anything like if you've been dressed up or something for fancy dress or something that's the quality and it's 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 a little bit better maybe in in these ones but it's not really i i can't i don't understand why the quality of those um synthetic synthetic wigs hasn't improved over the years um, with all the technology and innovation. Um, it still is that, of course, they are cheaper, which is great, but they don't last that long. Um, and with the real hair more expensive, we end up spending a lot of our own money just to manage being manage to be able to go to work and go through the door and look like a human in a sense. And I think when it comes to leaving the house bold, um, as, as a bold woman, um, I wouldn't do that um, because that's kind of that's not that's not me. Um, that is me with certain people. Um, this is that's me when I'm talking about this and when I'm wanting to um, empower others to do and show up as they want. Um, when I'm with alopecians or with, when I've been on a photo shoot or on my website or when I'm connecting with with people who need to learn about this this illness but if I'm just um doing my normal life um I don't want that attention um and also the other thing I get really cold it's very cold when you don't wear a wig because you don't have hair even during the night I you know wear a hoodie or sometimes sometimes beanie especially in the winter because there's no hair so it's just like it's it's very cold and then I have no hair on my body either so um we do have to keep warm so I think those are the kind of practical things that I would say about wearing wigs or not wearing yeah the practicality of keeping warm and hair just like helping with that is is very legitimate um and you want to be able to be comfortable um of course so then when you because you were saying that the wigs are custom made when you um you know, first kind of got this like higher quality wig. What, like, what was kind of like the design process? What were you thinking in terms of what you wanted? Because it had been over a decade since you had had a full head of hair. Mm. Yeah. And um, it was quite, quite scary, to be honest, because I was ordering uh, an expensive wig online without trying it on, without knowing how it's going to look. It's, it was going to be custom made um, um, by looking at the photos, that um, reference photos that I sent by email. And this was um, during the um, COVID time. And um, um, I, I found this company in England and I was like, wow, they look amazing. And I was willing to invest like 1,200 euros 
without knowing what I get. And this is what we do a lot. We just kind of like, let's hope it's going to be good, um, you know, as per the spec, whatever we see online. And this is why we spend a lot of money just trying to trying to find the, the right wig. This is why we need the service here in, in, in Finland. So that's what I did. I had a consultation um, uh, online with the, the lady who I'm actually now um, collaborating with, with my business, which is amazing. Um, and um, yeah, and then I just had to trust that, okay, I'm going to get a a week that I, I can see on their website. And when it came through, um, it was just magic. Like I can still feel it. Like I can still feel the feeling. I was like, oh my God, like it was so invisible. And that was the most important thing for me that it's invisible. And then plus beautiful, like with the coloring and everything that I ever, ever wanted. Um, and then of course, then you start what I did for the first year, you keep it as a good wig because, you know, you have to have a good one and then one you work in and then the gym wig so so that you don't use it too much so that it lasts longer. So there's always these kind of compromises that you have to do and that, oh, I would love to look like this every day, even going to the gym, but I can't because I can't afford another one of these, these um, expensive wigs to go to the gym. So there's always a bit of this kind of um, negotiations that you have to have with yourself um, like, and and accept that you can't always look like you want to, which is it's such a shame, but this is kind of part of it. I wish one day, you know, I can choose whatever um, week I want to in different occasions, but still I wouldn't wear the most expensive ones, you know, just to do sports. And one of my challenges that I do want to do, because I've been taking on a lot of challenges this autumn, is that I will go to the gym without my wig. Um, but then again, when I, because it's, that's, that would be maybe the um, being more comfortable uh, when you're sweating. But still, I've been training in the gym like for 20 years, well, 30, what is it now that I've been wearing a wig, 16 years um, I've been training in my wig and it's fine. I think I would still get cold, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so maybe that's not, in a sense, like a challenge. Because I, if I look at myself in training gear and then I wouldn't have a wig, it would just look a little bit odd. It would be funny, like fun, like just to do it for myself. But I don't know. It's just, it's such a, it is, it's, it's like my arm, you know. I wouldn't go without my arm it's like like a body part to me yeah and so then when you talk about like the gym wig or these other wigs like obviously like there is that difference in quality is the styling different as well because you said of course with like the real hair wigs you can style it however but are your wigs very similar or is it kind of are there very larger differences um quite different now for example um back in, a, in when i lived in england i lived in england for 10 years um i had a dark brown um real hair wig which was um like um um long and um i did have two of those so i did wear the same at the gym as well on top like i had a cap as well just to keep it steady that was quite that was quite hot but um 
But now, because of course, it's always it comes down to financials as well. Um, I my gym week is like a bob, and it's uh, synthetic hair, um, and it's uh, blonde with the nice little root that I found from Sweden, which is great. Um, and that wasn't expensive at all. I think that was like hundred euros, hundred and fifty euros. And um, yeah, so when I go to the gym, I do look totally different because hair changes you so much. Now, I've just actually done a little present, a little um, um, a presentation to the um, association where I now get to go and talk to doctors and healthcare professionals um, about my experience with alopecia so that I can show them. And I, I included photos of me with black hair and this hair and then, you know, um, like short hair um, that you can get from Finland, which is quite old fashioned. Um, and it change, it just changes your personality, like totally. It's like suddenly somebody said to you that, okay, here's this um, blonde wig and you're good to go. Um, there you go, that like it wouldn't matter. And then you would have to be seen um, as the blonde person as yourself. You know what I mean? Like it's... Um, especially what I also re- realized that I'm really visual, a visual person. That it it does, um, it is very important to me that um, I can recognize myself, that I can show up with people, so that I don't have to think about it what I look like. It's the most important thing that I can focus on the conversation and the thing that I'm doing instead of thinking like, oh my god, like, <laughs> is my wig um, gonna stay on? You know, or is is my wig is gonna show up or I don't want it to be the the conversation when you know I have important things to do and and people to you know have focus on on other stuff so yeah it it does I just I'm just a bit of a different person when when I do different things yeah this is how I feel but it's kind of I'm okay I've been okay with that for the past few few years what I've been doing it so yeah And so then do you ever have moments where, say, you were to, like, meet somebody at the gym, you've got the gym wig on, you know, it's a bob, your hair is currently longer, like, that then if you were to see them elsewhere, and like, they didn't know that you have alopecia, because, you know, you're more vocal about your alopecia when you're being, um, when you're, like, championing and and talking and and working to get the wigs in Finland, meeting with doctors, connecting mm-hmm. with others who have alopecia. If you were to like run into someone in two different wigs and like if somebody were to say something like they've made this connection like oh your hair is so different, are you comfortable with those conversations and then kind of explaining like oh well I wear wigs. Mm-hmm. This is such a good question because this is something that I struggled for almost 20 years and that was like so hard, so uncomfortable, um, so stressful um, to always think like, okay, I've seen this person with this wig. What if I bump into her like in the shop or something? And this was stressful and 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 this is how we think as alopecians who are still hiding. And now, of course, it's easier for me, but... For example, like um, somebody from the gym saw me in the shop and this was a couple of years ago and I still hadn't come out as such. 
and uh, I was working on it. Um, and she was just talking to me and just like, oh, are you coming to the gym tonight and so on? And she didn't say anything. I think especially Finnish people are so polite. They they don't, they don't like in England, uh, they are polite, but they love small talk and they'd love to be more curious. <laughs> so it was harder in England because, you know, people just want to make conversation. In Finland, uh, Finnish people are quite shy and a bit more introverted, I would say, and they kind of respect your space. They wouldn't... Uh, come into your space and and, and um, ask questions uh, like that. Um, so with her, um, I did think about it a lot. But then, um, since then, like when when I went to the gym and when I came out, I came. I had to double challenge myself again. So I went into the national newspaper in July, last July, <laughs> with my story. Um, I got this opportunity through an, through our association, asked them um, if I would like to give an interview. And I was like, okay, let's just do it. And there was a photo of me without no makeup, no hair, um, nothing. Like I felt so naked. I even said to the reporter that I'd rather be naked than be without my wig and makeup. Because it's such an intimate thing for, for us and especially for me. But I did it. So um so I went out in July and and after that, the, the same lady at the gym came to me and said, oh, I, I read your art article in the newspaper. Like, that was really good. I was like, oh, thank you. And then it's kind of like, oh, like, I love it that people know that I don't have to think about it. Like, now they can ask questions. They they know because I've, I've been, you know, willing to to come out and, and be open about it. Of course, they must have seen that I, I'm wearing a wig because for three years, I've had exactly the same haircut. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's always perfect. I can even remember in England when I went to one of the classes, there's always this um, instructor who was like, oh, like, Anne's always got the perfect hair. Like, even if we all, all of us are sweating and I was like, oh, like, don't say, <laughs> don't look at my hair. Like, because, you know, I was, I felt uncomfortable. Of course, she didn't know. She wouldn't have said if she noticed that I was wearing a wig. Of course, I thought she did. I was like, oh, don't point out that I have this perfect hair. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been, that, that's been the most, this is what we practice with my clients as well, um, you know, coaching my clients. How do we tell our story? How do we um, start finding words? Because usually if somebody asks a question, we're just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, like what I'm going to say and we usually think about the other person. We're more worried about what they're going to think, how they're going to feel. Are they going to feel sorry for us? Um, will they understand? Um, and we feel so uncomfortable in this in that situation that if we don't practice it, how we respond, and it's our responsibility because it's our um, our illness, it's our challenge. So it's our responsibility to have that story so that this is how I want to handle it. This is what I'm going to tell. This is who I'm going to tell. Um, this is how I'm going to feel safe in that situation. Instead of thinking like, okay, are they going to judge me? Or are they going to say something funny or some something? Um, so, um, yeah, so it's so important that we kind of get that story for ourselves first. So then we are ready to to open up to others. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense to be able to realize the importance of embracing who you are, what you want to share, being comfortable with everything. 
Now you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, your business, helping others. I want to talk a little bit of kind of how that started. It seems like in connection with your kind of like coming out um, mm-hmm. with alopecia and what, you know, how you're, how you've seen some progress with the people that you have helped. Mm, yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's, um, it's so amazing how it's all gone. Um, it's, I graduated as a life coach, um, a year, two, two years ago. And I was launching my business where I want to focus on, um, taking people to the forest to, to heal them with the, you know, in nature, silence, solitude, and stillness so that I can coach them so that people can stop. Uh, I've uh, suffered burnout, burnouts before. So I wanted to, them to find them to have a, a safe place where they can breathe and be and kind of starting to learn to slow down. Um, so that was my concept that, okay, I want to, um, this is the way I want to help people. And um, once I, um, I was uh, I was uh, studying to become a life coach, and whilst I was studying, something happened that was a game changer. Um, uh, I don't know if you remember Oscars um, gala um, in two thousand and twenty-two when Chris Rock and Will Smith. Um, Will Smith slapped um, Chris Rock because he was joking about Jada Pinker Smith, who has alopecia, and. That just um, uh, sparked something in me. I panicked. Um, I panicked. I was just crying. And I was panicking like, oh, my God, um, this is when I hadn't come out yet. I had been working a little bit like on my story, but I hadn't come out yet. And um, and I was panicking like everybody's talking about this and I don't know how I feel about it. I was like, oh, my God, like. Now everybody knows about alopecia. Now they might talk to me about it. Then they might notice that I have it. I wear a wig. What is my opinion about the whole thing? And it was really stressful, like for probably a whole week. Um, and of course, because I was in uh, uh, J. Shetty certification school with lovely coaches where you get coached and you're learning to be a coach, I had help straight away with coaching kind of to go through that turmoil that I didn't realize that it was that bad. And I hadn't realized that I'd, I'd been hiding for 18 years. Um, it's also the work that I was doing, uh, inner work that I had to do with myself. Um, so all that then made me realize that, okay, this is a huge thing that if I'm going to, you know, uh, have clients and I'm going to ask them to truly work on their inner self and, and, and find their peace and, and uh, their internal beauty and everything. Um, if, if I, I'm not okay, like with, who I am, of course, this huge thing. Um, I just hadn't hadn't had a place like to kind of sort it out and deal with it. Um, I did ten years ago. I had therapy, which was great in England. That was great start to you know healing myself. So anyway, this happened, and uh, and I was going through it, and then I realized, okay. Um, I want to go back into the support group that I hadn't connected with anybody. I I was all alone for the first 10 years uh, when I was ill in England. I didn't have anybody. Um, I There were no support groups or anything because, um, you know, there wasn't ways of connecting. But then, um, this, see, that this was only last year, uh, I realized, okay, I want to go to the support group and um, connect with these people that 
I really feel like I need that because I want to start this this journey of healing. And then I went to this weekend into a lovely nature uh, retreat, um, and I connected with with these beautiful alopecians. And I felt like, oh my god, like this is what I've been looking for all my life. Like my people, we quite similar in the sense we very you know want to challenge ourselves. We're ambitious. We we want we're curious. We want to do a lot, but then we might um, also um, struggle with our with our health. Um, so that's when when I realized like oh, oh I really I really want to be with this these people, and then from that there was an idea that because everybody got ex- excited about my wig and they didn't they hadn't seen anything like that in Finland, I said okay I'll organize this uh, trip to to go wig shopping in England and the association supported us as well so last year, uh, no sorry this year in March um, a small group of us I organized a. a a trip to England where uh, we went to this uh, this um, place to to who I'm going to collaborate with to buy some wigs and try them on and I was like so excited because I could see the same excitement and and happiness and oh, like when when you see yourself in the mirror it's just like oh my god like I look like me again and I could see that on all of these women's faces and I was like oh this is so, so beautiful and at that point, I was starting to think like, I really want to coach these people. I realized that I've now come out of the forest where I wanted to hide all these people like I'd been hiding because I want to protect them, protect them. And now I realized, okay, I want to coach these, these women who are so beautiful inside and out. Um, and that's when I started um, building my my um, my program for, for these women, like how I've taken the steps and how I found the way to fully be seen and and heard yeah and this is where i'm now helping helping them which is so beautiful and you've talked about you know getting wigs in finland you know working with this partner in england what has that process been like and you know do you see it coming to fruition soon oh such a good question and i do get asked about this because of course after our trip um i posted we have this um alopecia club um where there's um about 2000 members and uh, it's like a closed uh, group where you can you know find support and be supported by others and i've been telling them that okay we need to change there's a massive changes we need to do in the healthcare you know just to promote the the what we actually need that we do need support um, when it comes to physical support and then then the mental support, as well as then um, um, everybody getting excited about these wig, wigs because um, we don't have them here. So now, all since March, I've been working on solutions. How are we going to do this? Like different ideas, like how are we going to do this? And of course, for me, it's so important. We're going to make these wigs high quality, um, most affordable, of course, and so that. It, they will be most accessible for for everyone. And now at this point, um, where we are as of today, um, we're looking at the timescale probably launch um, summer next summer. So um, yeah, I'm really really excited about that, and and I'm excited that I can provide the the whole package, you know, the beauty inside, so that there will be those. The work that you do need to, because still at the end of the day, we we are bold. We have this illness, you know. Yes, we get 
like you can get the external beauty from wigs and lashes and brows and everything but we still need to do the work as well inside so now I can I have this package that I can I can really help others to um blossom or whatever like to you know just to be true true to themselves and and not letting there's so many compromises we alopecians do like you know we don't go to the gym and we don't go to um uh, to we don't swim anymore or we don't go to sauna anymore or we we don't stay um over um in, in places because we don't want to tell anybody that we were wearing wig um we um there's so many compromises that we we always think like oh can i go there do they know should i tell them well i haven't told them well we are going swimming well what i'm going to do about the wig um, do i need to pretend that i'm going to wash it in 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 the, in the shower or something you know like this is what we do because we are just so scared of telling people that we have a wig and um, and then of course there's the other side of course and i've just met this other girl who was you know her alopecia started on a couple of years ago and i think when you are older you're more in tune with who you are so then this when this massive change happens you kind of know yourself better than when you're in your 20s because when you're in your 20s or even teenagers who I met of course everything's in such a turmoil and you still don't know yourself so well but like this um, woman who I just just met she lost her hair a couple of, couple of years ago. And she was like, oh, um, this was like, uh, for me, it was very empowering to lose my hair. And and um, it's been inspiration for me creatively, um, like being really creative. She's um, said that it was, you know, it was kind of just, I don't know, it was just for her, it was totally different. So each experience is so different, so, so different. But the most important things are the support network that you get supported by your closest people and then the alopecians because nobody else knows how this feels like when you lose your hair. And then, of course, getting the, the bits that you want on the outside and bits on the inside. And it, so, yeah, it is really important. Yeah, that support is is so important. And I think it's good to acknowledge that, you know, while you and other alopecians have, you know, the same sort of disease, like you're experiencing it in different ways, you're reacting in different ways and knowing that, you know, it is, it is going to be different while yet similar, um, is, is an important acknowledgement, uh, for the community. Now, before I start to wrap things up, is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners today? Um, I think the main thing is that you are not alone. I think that is the key message I want to let everybody know that whatever happens, like whatever stage you are in um, with hair loss, um, it's um, there's always support and it's so easy, easily available now. Um, follow people on Instagram, follow on social media, like people who have alopecia, who share their story openly because that will also uh, help you to see yourself and accept yourself and start that process of okay I can I can do this and I can I can be seen I can be visible as well and and we need to share this because um so that we know that we are not alone so I think that's the key message always seek support and and people who who you can 
learn from and and uh, get supported by who know you know the path that you you're walking so yeah definitely at the end of all my episodes i do ask my guests a random question that doesn't have to do with what we've been talking about my question for you is are you named after anyone or was there some sort of inspiration for your name oh wow that's an amazing question I, i've never been asked that before um i wouldn't know i would have to ask my mom <laughs> if you mean like my name Anne, like being mm-hmm. named after someone okay no i would love to say that my mom was a huge princess Anne fan that's uh, she would have <laughs> named me uh, after princess Anne um, of england but um i don't think that is the case but i must i'm seeing my mom tonight with uh, baking gingerbread biscuits so i'm gonna ask her <laughs> if there's been an inspiration so i can let you know good question All right, that brings this episode to a close. So as Anne just mentioned, you know, you want to go follow other people who are out and about with their alopecia. Her Instagram will be in the description along with her website if you'd like to connect with her and her program. And if you'd like to connect with the podcast, our website is in the description as always. It brings you to all of our social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. It also brings you to all of our past episodes, resources, guest information and all of that so feel free to go check that out and if you would like to be a guest on the podcast my email is in the description that is always the best way to reach out and connect with me and if you would like to support the podcast monetarily there is a link to do that as well so thank you so much Anne, for spending time with me today and to my listeners for taking the time out of your day to hear a new story until next time bye bye